Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Lady Audacity. I am so excited, you guys. Okay, well, I'm excited mostly because our Duchess, our Princess, Miss Meredith, our love, is here to do an update on the Dirty Dan segment. And I am so excited because it's a good update, huh, Meredith? (laughs) Could there be a better week to talk about all of this? And even a better day? Because even if we had done this, like, a couple days ago, we would have missed so much. I mean, yes. as we said before we started, the news is news. And I am so happy to be back with my bestie. I love, thank you for asking me to co-host. I was, yes. I listened to your first episode, by the way, with Amanda. It was so good. I thank loved you. it. I loved your conversation. I love what you're doing over on Patreon. I'm just so happy to be included. Thank in the- you. Oh, thank you. I, I'm so glad she's back. I, I was like, I slipped that slipped in her DMs. We'll know the text and was like, hey, 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 girl. <laughs> and Rather's like, said, yes. Hey, yes. <laughs> so we're updating on Dirty Dan. I'm going to give a quick summary for everyone out there. Of course, there's our part one and part two episode that we did together doing a deep dive on this. But for a quick summary, Now, Dan, in association with the royal community, he was one of the major royal reporters during the 2018 to like 2022 era. And he's the one who broke, quote unquote, Megxit and other big ones. um, He was also the one who originally reported on the turnip toff, you know, that Kate and Rose were allegedly beefing. So info, he's a turf. not a good guy. He works for GB News, which is like Fox on crack. Okay. He So we knew he was a bad guy. And then July, there was a series of tweets from an ex and another person who had met him that accused him of being allegedly, I'm saying this allegedly because I know Dan likes his lawyers, um, (laughs) is an abuser, a rapist, and someone who is blackmailing men for his own sick gains and career gains and all of the above. 
This then triggered a bylines investigation to reveal their three-year investigation into Dan that revealed that he was using a catfish name, Martin Branning, to pretty much find guys on like Grindr or at parties to pay them to sleep with men that he wanted to he wanted them to sleep with and to make videotapes of it. It would all be consensual. And then eventually he would tell them, hey, I want you to sleep with a guy, but he was not consensual to videotaping it. And then he would peer pressure the person through blackmail. I will show all your friends, your family, and your workplace these videos. So they then unfortunately would comply and make a video without the partner's consent. They name dropped that this even went up to he may have blackmailed allegedly a senior exec in Murdoch Media. So some very serious stuff, okay? And since then, we have gotten updates and great updates for the victims. Meredith, will you will you let us know <laughs> after that update, after that summary? Uh, <laughs> yes, that was a great summary. So basically, Byline Times reported on all of this into Dan Wooden through August. And then they said, we're going to have more coming for you in September. And since then, so much has happened. And... I mean, on the one hand, we're seeing a little bit more justice, but on the other hand, it's not for the reason we want. So if we go back to just last week, just last week, remember last week, Dan (laughs) Wotton had Lawrence Fox, who's like a right-wing agitator, former actor, comes from a big acting family on his show. And they were discussing comments made by Ava Evans, who is a female journalist, a white woman, because I think that's important to point out which we'll talk about. And Mm -hmm. they, Lawrence said some disgusting things about her and a lot of stuff about how he would never shag her, which like, why do you think she wants to shag you? Why do you think women exist for your own pleasure and for your approval? Because last time I checked, she did not. So Dan basically giggled like a schoolgirl and didn't really offer a defense. Although it was clear that they were getting some heat. They were getting, they got a record number of complaints from Ofcom, Mm -hmm. which is the regulatory body in the UK, 8,000. So congrats, Dan, you made history. Dan (laughs) Dan tries to backpedal on Twitter. And eventually it's really Lawrence who takes him down because he tweets out, he got text messages and he tweets out (laughs) how Dan, before he realized, there was trouble was like, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. You always make me laugh. And then he basically said, I can't imagine how much the people in the studio, his producers are freaking out right now. Oof. So he also threw his team under the bus, which do not yeah. throw your producers and your team under the bus. Those are the people you need to treat well. So yes. Dan, this is the tipping point where Dan and Lawrence are suspended. And there was rightly conversation of why now? Why does it take a white woman when there have been worse things said on his program to him about black women like Meghan Markle? And that was a very important conversation. But what it looks like and what we're finding, and this is a combination of Byline Times information and also Tortoise Media, is that one of the co-founders of GB News is looking to buy the Telegraph. He is in the running. And what he needs to do, oh yeah, what he needs to do in order to buy it is he needs to show that he's a reputable company, that GB News is not just a joke. He needs to play serious journalists. So this might have just been the perfect opportunity to clear the decks. Mail Online, very shortly after, also permanently canceled Dan's column, which was getting six figures. He was making almost a million a million pounds between just the Mail Online and the Dan Wooden show. We give too many mediocre white men microphones and they make way too much money. And I have to ask you, is that normal? 
Like, is those rates normal? So I think it depends on the writer, to be honest. Yeah, like maybe Piers Morgan does, and I guess Dan is in some weird way on that level now. Um, Dan wow. was Dan was the highest paid presenter at GB News, but he also mm. was like a big a big thorn in their side as they're yeah. trying to potentially because if if Sir Marshall can buy and and acquire the Telegraph and he has GB News, he's basically a Tory kingmaker. Oof. He will decide elections. And did you know that acting conservative MPs have shows on GB News? I do not understand how that is legal. I really don't. So there's so much going on. And what and Byline Times has been dropping the news. First of all, we yeah. know now that the police are definitely looking into Dan Wooden based on the dossier that Byline Times gave them in June. And that's because Dan Wooden's own lawyers clarified it. They that clarified was hilarious. It. <laughs> <laughs> I got to that for that one. <laughs> it was giving Trump, okay? What was it that meme I saw? Like, the lawyers, like, when you realize you didn't turn in the documents to have a jury trial, so now you have to have a judge one. It's him and his lawyers admitting in the threat that we're going to sue you for saying it's Dan that it is Dan. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, beautiful moment. It did uh, scare the Guardian and others into pulling their stories yes. on this, but Byline Times has stayed steady. And this is part of an operation to paint Byline Times as an unserious paper when it is a newspaper that has over 30,000 people in circulation. And it's relatively new. So this is not some yes. far left blog as they're trying to paint it. Then the other thing yes. that's going on, and I've said from the beginning, I'm sure there's a clip somewhere. This has always been bigger than Dan. Dan is but a mm -hmm. domino to knock over. And what we're finding, and really the big thing that came out, is that, wow, would you believe it? GB News has a history of having really skanky, terrible men who do terrible things and abuse women and worse and pay them off and keep them silent and move on. That's so weird that Dan was a culture fit. And the idea, because now we know that there are at least two or three instances where people left their jobs for sexual impropriety, like things I won't even say on here because they are so deeply triggering and harmful, and then were hired by GB News. And in many oh. cases, the idea being that GB News knew of this stuff. Because remember, that ecosystem, that, that digital media, that ecosystem over there in Britain is so small and insular. So the idea that GB News had no idea about Dan's history is absolutely wild. But the big, I think this is the, the in terms of the standouts of this terrible culture that clearly exists at GB News is a case where another presenter whose name is Grimes is his last name, which is a perfect last <laughs> name for this man. <laughs> right. He is also a gay male presenter. He started harassing a straight subordinate male colleague. Who does that sound like? Did we hear that before? We heard that with yeah. his son and Dan Wooden. And so hmm. he was sending harassing texts, like all of this terrible stuff. This guy was near the point of a nervous breakdown. And first of all, GB News higher-ups tried to dismiss it as an office crush, which <gasps> it's it's giving, oh, Debbie, you get teased on the on the playground and the boys pull your hair because they like you. Right? And it's like it's so a, unacceptable. A boss should not be crushing on their employee. Like no. that that is never a sentence or a feeling that should be happening and then go unchecked. Like, oof. Are yeah. you ready for the kicker? Okay. You ready yes. for the kicker? I don't know, but uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think. <laughs> Hi, it's so good to be back. I know we've talked like 
offline about all this stuff. There's always so much happening and I'm glad to be back on the pod. Yes, it is exciting to bring all of our thoughts to the pod because the news has been newsing, as Meredith would say. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we wanted to get right into the banana articles because, and once again, it was truly hard to narrow this down. But first and foremost, we were like, we have to start with this Daily Mail article. So as you guys know, um, Diane Feinstein passed away on, what was it, September 29th? I think it was on September 29th. That sounds, that sounds right. That sounds yeah. right. We'll say that. <laughs> so the, and mind you guys, I'm saying September 29th because I do know for a fact that this article was released the day after she died. It was a Caroline Graham article and it's, the title is Meghan Markle considers run for office. Duchess of Sussex name is in the frame to fill California Senator, Californian Senator Diana Feinstein's seat after Senator died age 90 and could be the White House and could the White House be her ultimate aim. So <laughs> we've talked about the Daily Mail writing fan fiction and pretending it's a serious news article before. That's what yes. this is right out the gate. I think we can safely say, but we need to right pick it apart nonetheless. Let's pick it a little apart. So you're thinking, why, why would they think that? Especially when no reputable, reputable U.S. media outlet was reporting this. The only one I could find that reported this was the, who was that? The New York Post, I think it was, which mm. we all know is very, very conservative. Okay? Yeah, you said reputable, which I think, you know, kind of disqualifies oh. them. Oh, no, no. I mean, like, no reputable media, U.S. media market was announced. The only one was the New York Post, which we all know is BS. So I was really like, okay. So this is how they came to this conclusion. This is a quote from the article. So he needs to find a woman of color who can do the job for 13 months and will agree to not stand against any of the seasoned politicians who have already thrown their hats into the ring. They're talking about for the presidency there with the hats in the ring. It goes on to say... Yeah, yeah, for the Senator Post. Yeah. Oh, no, I probably confused people. Sorry, guys. (laughs) It goes on to say, there are not that many women who... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Fit that, who fit the bill, which is why Megan's name is being banded about. Since arriving in California with husband Prince Harry in 2020, Megan has cultivated political contacts on the left wing. She's close friends with feminist Gloria Steinman, a powerful force in the Democratic Party. A friend of Steinman's told the MOS, Gloria has been introducing Megan to pivotal people within the party. Megan is interested in politics more than anything else. That's where she believes her power is, but she has had to focus 
She has had to focus on making money. So as we all do. <laughs> right. And the person they're first talking to is someone who are saying who works closely with the governor of California. Yeah. So what did you get from that? Well, so I think I sent you a meme from Twitter that was mocking, you know, this, the qualifications, yes. uh, you know, for Gavin Newsom to appoint a replacement. A woman of color was like the top of his list, yes. California resident. Um, <laughs> I forget what the other things were, but everyone was like, oh, Meghan Markle. <laughs> Perfect. And like, I think it was exactly. very clear that we were joking. But I'm wondering mm-hmm. now if the Daily Mail saw those those joking <laughs> tweets and and that's where they're getting the Megan's name is being bandied about. <laughs> line. Exactly. It's like, by who? By who? Daily Mail. And my thing is from reading these two and they're like, the, 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 they're saying like the phones were ringing off the hook once it was announced that Diane died and people were saying Megan's name. Nothing I got from the article was telling me that Megan put her name in, but mm-hmm. people were just throwing her name around because like, if last resort, like, wait a minute, there's Megan, woman of color. <laughs> California and she won't run for the presidency and you know nothing is suggesting though that Megan did and then you do have quotes like supposedly some one of Steinem's friends and I'm just gonna say it maybe this is my own bias but I just think that's BS and I don't even know necessarily if they talk to someone that's that close to Gloria because you guys it could be like a friend of a friend of a friend and like that's the stylist who works for the friend of the friend the friend heard through the grapevine maybe Megan wants to run for the presidency and this is the good friend they're now talking to it just it's not ringing true to me <laughs> yeah no what i what it feels like to me uh, and i've had it firsthand experience with this is that someone reporting this story or needing a story to publish for this day had this thought oh what if it was Meghan markle because the daily mail would love it if Meghan markle ran for mm-hmm. office okay they, yep. they would be eating out for months on that years on that mm-hmm. um, years, but yeah. it feels like they had this idea and they started calling people asking them what if Meghan markle what if Meghan markle and the exactly. people they talked to <laughs> had to give these answers like uh i mean i guess like it's possible yeah, it's I, I think we'll get shot. to that later yeah it's yeah. a long shot exactly that's exactly one thing that was quoted in the article it's a long shot but sure and like then the daily mail can turn around and frame that as sources are saying blah 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 so i think it was yeah. very much like leading leading the witness so to speak um mm, and framing yes, things yes. <laughs> in a way that that like got this point across that they wanted to make rather than probably what's actually happening, which, you know, she has close friends in the Democratic Party. She's being introduced to people. She was focused on making money. That to me doesn't say she's running for office. That says she's like maybe looking to support candidates that she does think can win office. Exactly. And I think that's what it's most likely going to be. I mean, we kind of saw that in the last election cycle. I mean, mind you, they kept it very, um, like, just vote. Hey, vote. You know, not Mm -hmm. saying who, even though we all know who they would be leaning towards. I can see her being more aggressively saying, this is who I'm going to vote for. Here are his policies or her policies. I think you guys should join me in this. Which will Mm -hmm. be controversial for them. But it's not her Mm -hmm. running for, you know, and, and genuinely... It's hard for me to believe that Megan would want to put herself in that position. She is just coming back outside. Just coming back outside. And then we're supposed to believe she's going to prepare herself to be put into a position that's going to be even more polarizing, I would say, than being a royal. You know? It's just... And like you said, too, with the friends thing, because what cracked me up about this, they're further proof that she is absolutely networking (laughs) to get that presidency, is that she's (laughs) friends with Oprah and she's met the Kennedys. 
Right. We know why she's cool with Oprah. They live next to one another. And they did like that huge interview was probably like one of the biggest interviews that I would say that Oprah did for like maybe the 2010s. Honestly, like yeah, it's what absolutely. like Gen Z knows her for and on. I love <laughs> and the Kennedys. You- they did that whole project. Yeah, I was gonna say, was it you who Googled when was the Oprah interview and it gave you like exactly what you were looking for without yes, even having to exactly. say Harry and Meghan? Oprah's yeah. interview with Meghan and Harry was on. <laughs> was like, well, thank you. I didn't even have to put their names in. Like, and that's happened before. It cracks me up. That's the interview. And again, all of this too isn't just to have a story about Megan, but it's to be able to bash her. That is mm-hmm. the main point of the Daily Mail writing this and the UK media picking up on it because. Like, in the article, there's one portion it says, but the buzz around Megan as a replacement for the late Senator Feinstein has left some Democrats cold. One senior source said, I don't think you can take Megan seriously. And it's, again, they're asking for quotes about something she's not doing. Right. <laughs> they're Not only that, but they're also taking a quote. I think this source could have absolutely been saying, like, in response to them even bringing her up, no, I don't think you can take Megan seriously as an option versus like her as a person. I think they want us to read yes, it as Megan's yes. not a serious person. Whereas whoever the source was, whatever bananas question they were answering, it was probably <laughs> yeah. like, no, be serious. That's not a serious option. Exactly. You know? Like that's just not going to happen. And I think technically you can't anyways, cause she has like UK titles and stuff. Like there's a whole thing there that would have to happen. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was some buzz about this back when they first moved to the US. I think, I don't think there is like, I have to look back into it. It probably won't matter because she's probably not running for office. But I think when yeah. this was first like being discussed, I don't think there is like a hard and fast rule against people with foreign titles mm. taking office. Yeah. Um, but I also don't think she's interested. So it might not even matter. <laughs> Exactly. And just to kind of summarize this, you guys, of how much just like spread in UK media, Good Morning Britain, Think Good Morning America, same thing with like viewership and stuff like that, especially who they're plugged into. You know what I mean? Um, Good Morning America, this is like one of their main stories the next day Mm -hmm. once this article dropped. Okay. And I'm forgetting the woman's name, but she is a Black woman and she is one of the journalists on there and she does a lot of the royal commentary. And of course, they have her leading this conversation. And Mm -hmm. mind you, she's leading it as it's a positive thing. Like, this would be great for Democrats, you know? And then they have Jack... Right, Royston, right? Yeah. I know I'm saying his last name wrong. So when I said, can I smell some tea really quick? Please. So when I said <laughs> I had firsthand experience with this type of story, Jack Royston is the person who <gasps> called me. I think I told you about it. He called me asking for comment on how Harry and yep. Meghan content yep. performs on TikTok. And I said, uh, you know, it's not like people aren't making those like fan edits, stan content the way that they do with Will and Kate. It's much more of like a nuanced conversation. And I think fans of Harry and Meghan are interested in having like discussions about culture and society and blah, blah, blah. And he Mm -hmm. took my quotes and turned it into a Newsweek story where the headline was Harry and Meghan bomb on TikTok. So again, just asking the questions in a way that you know you can get like quotes that can later be reframed to say whatever you want is kind of the name of the game here. Ah, That's disappointing. (laughs) That's very disappointing. Yeah. And uh, you guys, like, I honestly think that's what most of this article is. And they know that, but they just want to get a few days of a story to go back and forth on. And when Megan didn't get the seat because she was never trying for it, they can be like, see, they don't want her. So they chose someone else over her. And that's exactly what they got. Like you have this like 
Richard Palmer tweet. And I just must read this because I do not like this man. And the fact that he thinks... Speaking of not serious people, (laughs) Richard Palmer. The person who said he wasn't going to talk about Harry and Meghan after their last day of royal duties because he didn't think it was his business anymore. Here we are. (laughs) Five years later? 24 hours? Yeah, right. Right. He tweeted after the announcement on October 2nd um, that LaFonza Butler got it. Yes, that it was so much for the idea, still doing the rounds on some news. And he put those in quotation marks when he said news, which I find interesting. Websites that the Duchess of Sussex was in the frame for this. Royal titles and the fact that Meghan doesn't appear to have a thick enough skin for the world of politics have always made this unlikely in my assessment. In my assess, like this man. He always, he does this. He'll call out other quote unquote news uh sites mm-hmm. but then he will re- refute the points that they're making as if they are a serious and b yep. they make him look better because he always knew megan wasn't a viable option Ex- exactly <laughs> i always knew this wasn't going to happen guys oh my goodness he gets on my nerves <laughs> so speaking of the uk media and their vendetta against black women a specifically megan markable black women in general because you guys I Probably. could spend just an hour and probably get hundreds of headlines that are reek of misogynoir and just plain racism. And since it's Black History Month in October for the UK, I did want to focus on this article for a moment to give it some love. And this is from May 2023. So like right before the coronation. And it's from the Daily Beast and it's by Kelly Goff. And it says, the title is, What Kate Middleton and Queen Camilla Owe Woman of Color? Sorry, yeah, I'm just I actually, a little pause there because I need to put oh. this up more. Oh, please go on. Yes. No, you're I was just gonna say I actually haven't um gotten to read this one, so I'm excited. <laughs> yes, it's a really great article. I wish I could read the entire thing to you guys, but I <laughs> won't. Um but a lot of a lot of it, this article is talking about. Um, and I think too, with everything that happened this week with like Bun or the previous week with Bungate and <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm sorry, I'm, having- I, I formally apologize for Bungate. I did not. I no. didn't think. I I, I guess not. that's a me a me <laughs> issue. I thought I silly silly of me. I thought that wouldn't be a big deal, but oops. Oh. How you you said Megan you said Kate was inspired by a black woman and not just any black one Megan Markle it is always gonna be a thing. <laughs> Here's the thing is I also said she was inspired by Crown Princess Victoria of Sweden and nobody got mad at that. Yes, no one so. got mad at that. Yeah, I love so. when they're like she didn't get inspired by suits from Megan. It was from Victoria. It was from Letizia. It was from Mary. And it's like oh, like, so why are all those, those okay? Women, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, Princess it's- Diana. It's fine but the moment we bring up megan never ever could that possibly be true <laughs> uh-uh. so with all of this happening a lot of things we did talk about too with bungate was the difference in the reception for when kate wore a bun and megan wore a bun or the fact that megan's got classified as messy when many times it was not messy especially when you do look at the side-by-side photos technically megan's buns were honestly more neat than the one we saw kate in if we're gonna pick yeah. away at every little flyaway, which people did yeah. with Megan. Yeah. And in that, this article talks a lot about how Camila and Kate have been able to pretty much get their riches, literally, from, of course, slavery and so on. But the way that they have thrown not only one of one another under the bus, but how the moment they could throw Megan under the bus, they did. Mm-hmm. And I really love about this article, too, because she says it's not about not having any sympathy for Camila and Kate. And there's a lot of empathy there. But it quickly, and I think especially for women of color, specifically Black women, it drops off pretty quickly when we look at what they did. 
there's this really great um, portion of the article I want to talk about um, that I'm going to read. It says, one of the most damaging stereotypes for Black women is that we are angry, aggressive, and dangerous. While royal staff allegedly dismissed requests from Harry and Meghan to set the record straight that she wasn't running around making the white princess cry, the story and request was dismissed as unimportant. That means one of two possibilities are true. Either Kate Middleton isn't intelligent enough or worldly enough to be aware of the concept of damaging racial stereotypes, or two, or Kate Middleton is scared of losing her place of power that when she that when she saw another woman being thrown to the wolves like she previously was, she didn't feel empowered enough to do anything about it. Either possibility is troubling and yet not surprising. Mm-hmm. So fun fact, I yeah. think it's both. <laughs> I think it's both. I absolutely think it's both. I remember during the Caribbean tour, I think it was a Rebecca English article for the Daily Mail. I'll try to find this one, you guys. But someone had said, like some source had said that they didn't even know what repara- reparations were and that people mm-hmm. were asking for them until they got to the Caribbean and it was somewhat in their faces. Mm-hmm. So ignorance, I think, is a very big one here. Kate, yeah, I don't... From- I don't think it's a question of like not being intelligent enough because I think Kate is like pretty savvy, but she's savvy in like in the world that she grew up in and the world that she Mm -hmm. knows. I think this this sort of thing is so foreign to her that at one time it could have been chalked up to unconscious bias, unconscious racism. The problem Mm -hmm. is that now it's been pointed out on a world stage. So you can no longer use that excuse of ignorance in the way that you maybe could. Heck, even in 2018, when when these issues were first popping up. Um, so I think it like maybe started out as number one. Now we've maybe moved mm-hmm. into she's just so ingrained in the system now, so afraid of making waves, rocking the boat, et cetera, um, which is yeah. also really sad. It is sad. And like, I think that's what's it's not hard, but what people don't want to understand who don't want to understand the dis- difference between misogyny and misogynoir is that it's not that white women don't experience this stuff because mm-hmm. obviously they do but it's the fact that women of color do experience it worse like this is when people mm-hmm. are like why are we comparing because it's important for us to systemically like undo all of this stuff and societally mm-hmm. undo this stuff is to understand the differences in treatment it's like when we hear about the um the pay gap for women Mm -hmm. when Mm -hmm. we look at when we are told the numbers it's that is for white women it gets worse Mm -hmm. when you get to black women it gets worse when you get to indigenous women and it's the worst when you get to um hispanic and latino women so every time we hear that number you're only hearing a number that represents white women and this is what i talked about too when the whole bungate thing happens when your space is only white people and even through like your literature, the media you're taking in, everything, that is what is normal to you. So women of color and our struggles and what we go through is not normal. So it's very, very hard for people to empathize with us. Because they're like, well, I go through it too. So how can it be worse than me? And you're like, oh, right. honey, because I yeah. get it from you too, <laughs> along with everyone else. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then, that's yeah. why like, go ahead. Oh, no, no, please. Um, that that's why like something like intersectional intersectionality just in the way we talk about these things is so important because I know people are tired of hearing the same old hey there are double standards here between Megan and Kate I know that that gets tiring to hear but giving people the language to talk about it and understand why that double standard exists like okay mm-hmm. yeah Kate maybe Kate went through this same nitpicking phase of her royal career as Megan did. The difference is that Megan's comes from this place of just 
racist tropes, racist history in the UK mm-hmm. and it's not letting up, first of all. <laughs> um, but when you when <laughs> yeah. you over when you're able to overlay those those different layers of you know, groups that people belong to and what the ways that those might affect how they're seen in the world, then you know, that's when the work actually begins to start, like you said, undoing some of this and yes. hopefully <laughs> making the conversation like change for the better. Um and I think another two exactly and a point in this article is that people don't like to see women of color or people of color in general be the ones who are like doing groundbreaking things. For example, Mm. we were told for so long how Megan was trying supposedly to modernize the monarchy and how that was a very, very bad thing. Mm -hmm. They leave. Now William and Kate are modernizing the monarchy. Charles is all for it. And it's a good thing. It's like Megan couldn't be that person. Megan's fashion was groundbreaking for British royal fashion. It was a bad Mm -hmm. thing. Now, Kate is emulating it in almost every single way. And it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's groundbreaking, but in a positive way. And that's one of the big things. Okay, I can think outside of the royal fold, the body positivity movement. So Mm -hmm. the modern one that started in about like 2017, 2016 was formed by a Black woman. And quickly went mainstream, and she completely got left behind, along with a lot of women of color. And the only person who was representing the body positive movement was usually solely white women. And that's another example of how women of color just get stripped away from these, like, moments that are supposed to be modernizing and, like, revolutionary because people don't like it as much. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, think of the Stratford movement, you know, they just like completely put all the black and brown women to the back and said, we'll use you for your votes, but we're not actually going to represent you. It's happened throughout history. So like, let's be better white woman. Let's be better. (laughs) I'm trying. I'm trying, Alec. (laughs) You're amazing. You'll be taking it on with me. Ally. (laughs) So the last quote I want to talk about from this in speaking about how we don't like women of color to modernize anything. It has to be a white woman. My colleague asked why, if Camille and Kate could endure decades of bullying, couldn't Meghan Markle endure, endure a couple of years? I responded with a couple of questions of my own. If we all agree that Kate and Camilla were treated badly, then why? Then shouldn't we all celebrate that the newest woman in the royal family was willing to stand up and say no more? Shouldn't we have been more thrilled that her husband was willing to stand up and say no more to the press and to palace staff that apparently enabled such behavior? My colleague seemed genuinely confused by the question, like it never crossed her mind. Therein lies the problem. Those of us from underrepresented groups, people of color, women the financially underprivileged, are often conditioned to be so grateful for a seat at the table that many will do anything to keep it, even if that means sitting on the floor or kicking the chair out from under someone else. Hmm. And there we go. <laughs> and that's another big issue, I think, for the UK media and people who just don't like Megan. And people don't want to admit she did something huge when she said, I'm walking away from this. I'm not Mm -hmm. doing this anymore. And that her husband went with her. And frankly, actually, no, let me correct that. Because I want to make sure I am saying what Harry and Meghan have said. And Harry has made it very clear. He was the one who pushed for them to leave. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also the issue. Harry came in like the knight in shining armor and saved that Black woman. And that's not supposed to happen to Black women, especially for white men. Only Mm -hmm. white women are supposed to be the damsel in distress that can be saved. You know, Black women are not supposed to be soft like that. We save ourselves. We're just like these strong, angry Black women who can just like get through it all. And that was just turned on its head, you know? And sorry, I just, this topic is very interesting to me, you guys. And as someone who used to be a huge, okay, huge Kate fan Mm -hmm. and who is a Black woman, 
you all have no idea the disappointment it was to watch how she moved when Megan came into the picture. Yeah. Because there's a 2017 Daily Mail article, and I remember seeing this, and I was like, oof, I hope this doesn't turn into a Diana and Fergie thing. But they're like, Kate's now 35, boring, feeling frumpy, and now Harry's hot new girlfriend's coming in to steal the spotlight. And I'm just like, these are headlines we were already getting in 2017. We know for a fact that these people are reading these front covers. This was like front page, too. It was just like, yeah, it happened. It happened. And Kate failed me. And I am going to bring it up when I can. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, and you have to, <laughs> And you do have to wonder, like, if it was Harry dating a white woman, as you know, so many royalists seem to want him to have done, would yes. that same dynamic have played out once again? Would it have been easier mm. to say, no, we learned our lesson and we're not going to do this again? Would it have been easier for Kate to say, like, take that woman under her wing, take her out for yes. like, lunch, get their nails done, mm-hmm. whatever? All these things that we don't really think happened with Kate and Megan, um, if it were a white woman. Yeah. And the sad truth is, I think, yeah, it might have been a little easier. Or if she were exactly. British instead of American, you know. The, the, yes. Like I said, intersectionality here, whether you're talking about racism or xenophobia, because there's a lot of anti American sentiment in the UK <sighs> just in general. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, all of these layers are things that were convenient excuses, I think, to make this behavior towards mm-hmm. Megan normalized and okay in the minds of some people. Exactly. Because I also think, too, like you said, would, like, Kate have taken her under ring? Would Camila have been a, bit, a tad bit nicer? But honestly, the way Camila mm-hmm. treated, like, Kate and stuff, too, is just, it, it ain't gonna happen no matter what. Honestly, race, yeah. whatever. But even, I think, too, it's like, would they have made it so publicly now? So even if Kate wasn't really getting along mm-hmm. with, say, Chrisetta, and Harry says they really liked her, if it was just, like, a whatever relationship, we never would have known that, I think, from the press. They would have told mm-hmm. the press, and the press would have went with, oh, they're good friends, she's helping them, it's cute, it's like a little sisterhood. That's what would have been the story the story would have been even if that wasn't the reality. So it's like the mm-hmm. fact that they threw her under the bus so publicly too, which is like, yeah. oh gosh, guys. And speaking of all this, we're going to get into a very important topic now. <laughs> um, did you want to take this away, Mary? Um, so, I am sorry. My other princess, oh, Miss Amanda. <laughs> um, princess. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to shift gears a little bit to like current events, um, because it is the UK's mm-hmm. question mark Black History Month at the moment. Yes. Um, which yeah, I don't know why I didn't realize they were two different months, for whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, ignorant American here. Um, but some of the stuff we're going to start talking about, it's kind of like an interesting way of, of transitioning from these conversations about intersectionality into mm-hmm. um, Black History Month. Because <laughs> this article I sent Alex, I actually wrote a Substack article kind of around this as well. Um, there really was some good. commentary from Miss Jan Moir, Moir, I don't know, from the Daily Mail during Charles and Camilla's um, state visit to Paris and, and Bordeaux in France, yes. where the headline is, Since the queen died, I've struggled to see what the point is of the royal family anymore. Is that wrong? And she talks, some of it's like a very unserious piece of commentary where she talks about (laughs) um, Camilla trundled through Paris like a woman expecting to face a guillotine at the end of every day. She looked terrified and then she was forced to play ping pong with Brigitte Macron, like unserious pieces of commentary. But when Amanda sent this, I was like, we're back to the good old days of just sassy commentary about the 
what is I'm happening? living. Um, <laughs> I love to pick it apart because what's going on here? Um, but she takes that sentiment of like, ugh, this is tough to watch a little farther. Um, yes. And she also talks about Charles, who when he was at um, the French Senate, he was the first British monarch to address the French Senate in the chamber which I think is interesting mm-hmm. historically. Yes. Um, he made a speech about the significance of Britain working with France to tackle climate change um, mere hours after Prime Minister Rishi Sunak announced he was putting the brakes on Britain's financially ruinous, and she inserts, not to say crazy, rush to net zero emissions. And <laughs> actually, earlier, as you were talking about Meghan wanting to modernize the monarchy and like how that was seen as not okay, but the the blame for that was pinned on kind of her as a person, Yes. Now you have these members of the royal family modernizing the royal family, the palace in in different ways. And yes. I think we're starting to see royalists realize, oh, Meghan wasn't the only one who wanted to modernize. Mm. And I'm still not feeling okay with it. So what's going on? There's like a little bit of a reckoning happening here. Yes. Climate change like, and Charles is like one area where people... Yes, that's a big one. People like to mock him for it, I think, because yes. the other thing was during the French state visit, he took a flight um, instead of a train trip, which technically yes. is against French law. They outlawed um, flights under, I think it's three hours because of like climate oh. change. Okay, and, yeah. Yeah. And so some, I think Richard Palmer was one who like picked that up and they were like, hmm, so much for him being the green king or whatever. They like to mock him for his climate initiatives, specifically because they kind of go against a lot of Brits, um, like feelings on climate initiatives, things like that. Yes. So that's the one area where it stuck out to me. Like, hmm, there's a bit of like friction here between old school royalists and what they think is the role of the royal family. versus the way that a call to action is sort of the better way to engage the public these days and then Mm -hmm. we hit then we hit black history month october started um and it was announced that will and kate for the first time were going to be marking black history month specifically in the press release for one of their engagements um black history month got a mention um (laughs) somehow the first time will and kate have ever formally acknowledged it Charles and Camilla have formally acknowledged it. Is that correct? Yes. They okay. Let me look this up real quick because that's what I remember. But the papers I'm seeing run with they are like William and Kate are the first royals to ever first mark ever. It, which, mm. Yeah, which isn't true because Harry actually marked it in 2020, I think. But he's not well, a working royal, so I guess count. like we'll go off that technicality. <laughs> you know, can't give him any credit. <laughs> um, see, let's see. But again, it's it's first of all interesting that like honoring Black history is seen as so political that in 2023 is the first time the royal family is just acknowledging that it exists. Um, exactly. Even though they've, they've done these events before that could have gotten slotted into this month of recognition, but they've never put that label on it. So I think that's very interesting that we're finally at that like I said on Lady Audacity's Instagram, this was quite the kiki, which means this is going to be a part two episode. So I will be releasing the second part tomorrow. See you guys later. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 